Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to the 9320 podcast, the show that wishes its owner was American, so it could be praised for buying its own Academy products back for £90 million, or splurging over £100 million of British record on a player the selling club bought for a tenth of that figure six months ago. It's in plain sight. Anyway, tinfoil hat off, that's enough of that. This is a one-off podcast, looking at, as the transfer window slams shut, how I hate that phrase, we are ranking City's January transfer signings since the move to the Etihad in 2003. That's signings of note, kind of. (laughs) Some may disagree if some of these choices are of note, but we've got 20 in all and we're going to be ranking them from worst to best. Going through the players in chronological order from January 2004 and explaining where we think every player should be on the list of signings and why. To do this, delighted to be joined by two brilliant podcast signings. It's Chris and it's Joe. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing? Good morning, Howard. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Uh, bit early, but actually... <laughs> Best it time is, of the day, isn't it? I, so. I think it, it means we can nail a pod uh, even before even before brunch. Just yeah. just to say, just um, with the Chelsea thing, what's fascinating, just very very quickly, is they're setting a new pres- uh, precedent about amortisation. So they're offering these extended contracts over seven to eight years, so they can spread the payment over that. That that's a new framework which is going to have a significant impact on clubs in terms of finances going forward. It's uh, yeah, I think that I think Bowley thinks he's being very innovative, but ultimately that is a high risk strategy in terms of your finances. Well, they'll get closed down now. Yeah, they'll be yeah. limited to five. They'll they'll basically be the only club that gets away with it because come the summer. They'll probably be yeah. limited to five-year contracts. Mm. So, I just look. They can do what they want if they, if they do the figures, and Chelsea fans won't care in the last in the slightest. But I mean, just look at Matt Law's tweet last night. Uh, some of the coverage is just astonishing. The mm. Teflon club, considering what they've gone through, yeah, it just astounds me. I mean, you can you can have the opinion that cities. Wealth and spending is unacceptable. Just be consistent when someone else blows them out of the water. Mm. Ah. Anyway, are we remotely surprised? Nope, not in the slightest. Uh, Joe, good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Howard. Good, glad to be here. Uh, some interesting um, names from Windows past have appeared. <laughs> uh, some have been... Um, Pleasantly surprised to see again. Others not so much. So it yeah. should be quite fun. And you do it does make you look through some team sheets as well during this and Yes, you might be right to be frustrated about the January transfer window just gone, but looking at some of those team sheets it does a, a nice reminder of how far we have come in the last twenty years, I think it's fair to say. Indeed. Indeed. So let's crack on, shall we? Right. Let's start January 2004. So there was two signings in January 2004, and the first one I've got here might not have been signed first, but hey, it's the first one I wrote down. It's David James. He was here 2004 to 2006, 93 appearances for Manchester City. I'm going to start with you, Joe. What do you think of David James' time at City, and where do you rank him in our 20 signings since we left Main Road? 
Um, I'm a bit of a surprise to see him so high up, but I've actually got him in at number five. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Simply because, so so my whole mantra is what what they gave to the club and and the value for money, uh, and I think correct me if I'm wrong, it was less than two million pounds we paid for him, um, and I would, honest to God, say he's probably one of, you know, maybe modern era aside, one of the best goalkeepers I've seen in a city shirt. Um, I think he was a fantastic player. Um, and obviously that was the, the season I think we started with David Seaman and he'd gone down injured uh, which left us a bit short and then he came in uh, I just remember him like some of his performances I think there was one v Chelsea a couple v Chelsea actually um, and I just thought he was a real um, brilliant piece of business at the time so yeah uh, when I say number 5 sorry um yeah, I know that's that's probably controversial, but yeah, I think I think he's um, worthy of the fifth place spot. Mm. I was we'll, we'll big fan of it. We'll see if it's got. I mean, obviously, there's someone here that easily filled the eleven to twenty <laughs> uh, bracket, perhaps. Uh, so, and then there's yeah, there's plenty of difference of opinion. Yeah, he was thirty. I think he was thirty when he came in. I don't know if Seaman retire after around this yeah, time. Yeah, he got. Got a shoulder injury, yeah. um, Portsmouth away, and then that was kind of him finished. Well, I'll let Chris give his ranking first, but there's two, I think there's two goalkeepers on this list, and I like them both. So I'm kind of with you. Chris, where's where's your rank for you? So he ranks 12th for me. I have to, wow. I have to yeah, I have to kind of uh, sort of contextualise that, that, that 20 to 17 or 16 were quite easy to to allocate and then up from from seven from 16 down to about 10 it was a little bit more difficult a little bit more random i think um that uh, I, t- I really take joe's point about in terms of his his cost or in terms of his value I, I, for me it's slightly clouded by the fact that he felt that he was he was part of that continuing narrative because did keegan bring him in or was it pierce that brought him in uh, no, Keegan brought him. Yeah. Keegan, right? So, so, so he was one of a litany of goalkeepers that Keegan brought in, which exemplified Keegan's complete dismissal of anything defensive. Um, <laughs> in that, he just brought in um, veteran goalkeepers or goalkeepers who are on the verge of becoming veterans or past or past their yeah. best as a way of just sort of trying to bring somebody reliable. And so you got Peter Schmeichel, David Seaman, and then David James. So my my memories of him are slightly clouded by that. Um, he did he did go slightly higher up than I was going to put originally. Uh, sorry, he did go low, lower down than I was going to originally because of, unfortunately for him, he exemplifies the absolute nadir of of our time under Pierce when Pierce yeah. threw him on as a striker against Middlesbrough. Um, and, and I can't, I cannot, I just cannot for, for, forget or, or, or forgive that. And I know it probably wasn't his fault, but I just thought it, w- it was laughing stock stuff. Apparently it uh, worked because we got the penalty. Yeah, tell exactly. that to Robbie I'm Fowler. I'm him to number three. <laughs> Did a fine job. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but Should have put so, us into Europe, yeah. Yeah, so, but I, I, I think that, I think James was 
was a good keeper, but I don't think he was either overrated or underrated because he was he was prone to lack of concentration. I know that's an easy narrative, but I do think he was, and I think it hampered his career. Um, so you know, but I just yeah, I rate him at twelve. I think he, I think it was a decent enough purchase, but uh, not enough to get into my top ten. Too much playing on his PlayStation, wasn't it? But, but, yeah, it was uh, Tomb Raider, wasn't it? He said. <laughs> well, I've moved this. Uh, well, yeah, I, uh, I can appreciate that. I've moved him around uh, quite a lot, so I, I don't have. I I quite liked him as well. Uh, obviously, not just goalkeepers, but players as a whole. We had that. It was a period where we would bring in players towards the end of their career, obviously. Uh, but I think it mattered less with goalkeepers because obviously they could play later, in certain respects. I agree. Timing wise. Not the best for him because he came in under Stuart Pearce. They were guests as a goalkeeper. You like playing under Stuart Pearce because <laughs> he puts out teams with little intention of attacking. So uh, he looks after the defence. I've put him in sixth place. God, I was harsh then. Jesus. I don't know. Yeah, the, but the, the ones just above, he could easily go below. It's it's that area, basically, the, the that middle ground where, yeah, you could move them around. I don't have strong memories because it was it was kind of a forgotten period for City. It was that time Keegan coming to an end and Pierce. It was kind of the worst time to mm. to, to stand out really in City's history. But sixth place is where I've put him, and on another day I probably have moved him maybe down a bit. But I did like him as a keeper, not love him, but liked him. So and I think he did fine for us. One more sign in January 2004. This is very tough because I gave you the criteria. I said it's whatever you want. Value for money, influence, what they did at the club. But of course, in here are some loan signings. Mm -hmm. And it, <laughs> there's two that I think both made five appearances. And how do you evaluate that? So it's really uh, open for I think you could argue you could put them anywhere. Daniel Van Boyten is the next one in 2004. As I said, he made, I think, five appearances. Keegan said at the time, he did well. I think we all agree. He came in, was very good. And Keegan knew immediately. He said it as much. He said it out loud. We're not going to get to keep this player. <laughs> he's, he's too good for us. Uh, he'll go back to somewhere bigger. And he did. So with that in mind, I'll start with you, Chris, this time. How do you rank a player who... Who's just passing through? Where do you put him? I'll just say, I'll start for this one, and I've just put him bang in the middle of 11, because he was good, but mm. of course, you can't put him near the top when he's made such a small number of appearances. Mm. I've got him at number 13, mm. um, and what I remember about Van Buyten was he had, a, he had an incredible first game. I think it was a home game, um, and... I just remember him. Just immediately, you could recognise the distinction between him and the other and the other defenders <laughs> who were around him. Mm. Um, and but whilst I can understand what Keegan was saying, it it, it was what Van Boten did was he for me he he cemented that idea that actually we've got a long way to go to really to be able to attract quality players like him. I was disappointed that City didn't work harder to try and keep him. Hmm. Um, but but when he when he came in, I immediately saw something really interesting, and I was hoping that they would attempt to, to keep him. So even in those even in, even in that very limited number of appearances, 
he did actually excite me um and and but also it 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 reinforced to me that we had a long way to go to continue to develop under under Keegan but I also I also thought he, Keegan just didn't understand defenders I don't think and uh, and and, and I, th- I think if it had been if you th- if you look at how hard he worked to get other players to sign for us like Bernabia because he was an attacking player do the same with Van Buyten but he failed to do it so yeah but I still he's a he was a quality player so he comes in at 13 for me Joe your position I've got him in at ninth, um, and the kind of main parameters for, for how I've ranked my players is the impact they had on the club at the time, uh, and I kind of echo the sentiments you guys have both said. I think that season, it was the first year at the Etihad, um, and we were shipping goals for fun, and whilst we did have some very capable and, and frankly, very good defenders on the book, like Richard Dorn and Sylvan Distan, I felt, touching on what, what Chris said, he was kind of that next level above um, and whilst when you look back, I think we, we may have um, rose-tinted glasses in regards to him because you feel like he came in and played 25 games and was making last-ditch challenges, but he actually only made five or six appearances, as you pointed out. But I think it was that sense of leadership and calm he brought and, and a real steal. Um, and it was almost uh, the kind of John F. Kennedy syndrome. It was like the what-if. What if we designed him? What if it had stayed fit? Um, and I feel... If he, he could have done it, he, he could well been of well have been one of the city greats. Um, when you look at the career he went on to have, but yeah, in terms of the impact he had, um, I think you if you're talking January signings, he just sneaks into my top ten actually, just purely because I yeah. think he he had an impact that positively influenced that season. Okay, well he would go to Hamburg in the end, Hamburger, mm. SV, and then to Bayern Munich where he spent eight years. So. Had plenty of success there, so yeah, clearly a big player, and a great shame, yeah, that we saw saw him so briefly. Two ships passing in the night. Let's move on to January two thousand and five. One signing, and that signing is Chris, not you. It's Kiki Masampa. <laughs> uh, Joe, I'll reverse the order every time. Joe, what's your rating for him? He only stayed. I think for one season, 05-06. Plenty of appearances, 41 appearances, three goals, last-minute winner against Liverpool. For that, put him in the top three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but where, where is he? Again, quite brief at the club. Uh, where do you put him? Oh, Kiki, you're so fine. Um, <laughs> so I've got him at 14th, which may seem a bit harsh, uh, and I think he was one of the victims of, of having his soul sucked out in terms of his creative <laughs> talents by Stuart Pearce. Didn't we all? Uh, yeah, he, he was probably the living embroidment of it on the pitch, embodiment, sorry. Um, yeah, obviously I remember that that goal is what stands out in the mind, isn't it? This is Liverpool. I think it was like a 90th minute winner past. Yeah. A current City employee in net for Liverpool. Can you guess who it was? Employee? Well, on the on the playing stuff. Uh, no, Scott Carson. <laughs> really? Yes. See, the um, first name that pops up was Scott Carson. I thought he can't have been in net for Liverpool that day, was he? Yes, he was. Wow. Uh, and Kiki Musampa rifled the ball past him, but um, amazing. He was, um, you know, he scored another goal away. I think when Pierce first came in, we went on that run, didn't we? Where, which you know we touched on very nearly ended mm. up in a. European place and that also included a win away at Villa 
uh, where Musampa scored a great goal. Uh, he scored a goal on a very disappointing night when we went out in the quarter-final of the FA Cup to West Ham um, at the Etihad. But other than that, he just felt he slowly eroded over the course of his loan spell and was playing a much more defensive role in the team um, and became pretty unremarkable, really, in the end, which yeah. I think was a shame because he was clearly a very talented player. And also, interestingly enough, when I was looking into him, he was um, he was on the bench when Ajax last won the European Cup, so he definitely had an interesting career. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.